New from Kenner. Razorcrest is out. The Razorcrest is out. It is in our homes. We're really excited. Uh, welcome back to the Vintage Collection podcast. We're going to be talking about the Razorcrest. It is finally here, something we've been waiting on for a long time. We've been covering the uh, the whole lead up up to this point. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to react to it. I'm super excited because I might have three awesome friends here with me to talk the Razorcrest. Uh, John from the Vintage Collection Facebook group. John, how's it going? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on, Victoria. Of course. And we have Tim from Bosk's Bounty. Hey, Tim, how is it going? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here, too. And, of course, we have Chris from BanthaSkull.com. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And as you said, thank you for having me on. Of course. We're happy that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tuna is here. All right. So we are, we are stoked. We are stoked. All right, guys, so we all recently took delivery of the Razor Crest into our homes, this brand new HasLab product, um, huge vehicle, uh, magnificent vehicle, um, something that ties into current media, something that looks quite phenomenal in person, has many play features, and uh, comes with some exclusive figures. So um, why don't we just start off with, uh, before we get into the meat of the conversation here, uh, reviewing and reacting to the vehicle, why don't we just start off with uh, a number between one and 10. How would you rate it with one being the lowest and 10 being like the sail barge? Um, how would you rate this particular vehicle on a scale of one to 10? So um, John, we will start with you. Oof. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna put it right up there with the barge. Um, I mean, the, the barge, obviously uh, you can put a ton of figures on it and um, its scale is obviously a uh, <laughs> significant amount bigger um so i'm going to say it's a, a nine and a half out of ten where the barge is a ten okay cool um tim what about you scale one to ten where does the barge fall or where does the razor crest fall uh similar to john i, I would probably give it a nine out of ten because um as glorious as it is I, there are a few little minor issues with it, which um, I'm sure we'll talk about. But I think if, if those weren't there, then it'd be a nine and a half. I can't give it a 10 because the barge is a 10. Nice. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we can all agree that that sail barge is like the absolute pinnacle of what a centerpiece Star Wars vehicle is. Um, and Chris, what about you? Scale one to 10, where is the Razor Crest? I'm going to be very original and give it a nine as well. Um... There's one small thing we'll talk about that keeps you from being at a full 10 score, but I have it right at 9 out of 10. Nice. Um, so you know what? I'm not going to really change here. I'm going to keep it a 9 as well. Um, so I think that 9 is is pretty fair because like Tim was saying, it is quite uh, magnificent and impressive, just visually stunning, but then it isn't perfect because there are a couple issues and concerns with it and the contents of that uh, of the package that it comes in. Um, so... Go, going back a couple years to the the sale barge, that was the very first Taslab, very first thing that they hit us with. 
Uh, we were all super excited. We jumped on it right away. And then, you know, it comes into our homes a, a year plus later. Um, super exciting. Um, I don't think you can ever really recapture the magic of that feeling when the sail barge was being delivered to us. But there's still um, something pretty special in something you have, you know, paid for a year and a half prior and have been waiting and there's been the build up and the hype. And meanwhile, you have the, the current content in the background helping to support this new product and increase your levels of, of hype and excitement. Um, so let's talk about what it was like to receive uh, in hand this brand new um, HasLab, this brand new Razor Crest. Um, Chris, how did you feel when uh, this first made it into your home? So I will have to say, uh, when I get it, there's a little bit of trepidation at first, because especially I get, I ended up on the later end of the delivery, and there were so many QC issues that I was hearing about uh, that I was a little nervous. You know, is something going to be broken? Um, is there going to be something missing, a part missing? Fortunately, I had none of that stuff. So at first, I was a little nervous opening it, and once I had it open and everything was accounted for, I was just exhilarated. Um, like I said, nothing nothing will match the barge but this came a close second to it i can't wait for the next one i cannot wait either let's, let's get it let's get it sooner rather than later let's hope um all right tim the razor crest makes its way into your home what are your initial feelings on it well it's the same as as chris because um we got it maybe a week after they started to drop in the u.s so first was a bit a little bit worried that you know because Zavi handled it over here, I was thinking, you know, it could be maybe another month, but then all of a sudden everybody's shipping notices started coming through. And, but I, I guess when it arrived, I mean, obviously the first thing you worry about is like, you know, what's the box going to, you know, what's the state of the box going to be? And luckily my shipper had no dents or anything like that. So I was thinking this is going to be good. And luckily for me, the box is great. And then of course, just opening it. Yeah. I mean, putting it together and everything is a, it was a great experience. And, but yes, it was a long wait. It really yes. did seem like a long wait. So, um, yeah, good, good to finally get it in hand. But as I say, there, there are a few, few little issues with it, which, um, it, you know, it didn't ruin it for me, of course, but you know, I'm sure we'll come on to those, but, uh, my initial thoughts were, you know, this thing is, is, is amazing. It looks fantastic. Yeah, certainly quite something uh, when you first get that, you know, I mean, the box is huge. It's not sail barge huge, but it is still pretty darn big. And mm. anybody that sees you that's in your home bringing it in is going to be like, what is that? And um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, our our, uh, our spouses were a little prepared for, for what was coming. Um, all right. And um, John, what about you? The Razor Crest enters your home. What are your feelings? Yeah, very similar uh, feelings to, to all of you. Um, I did get my first one on a Saturday and had to had to wait for the second one to arrive on Tuesday just to, you know, look over the boxes, see which one is, you know, is, is damaged uh, or, you know, not as mint as the other so I could open that one up. Uh, so that was a bit of, of torture waiting three days to get in there and, um, you know, seeing everybody else open them up and mm -hmm. am I going to be missing something? Am I going to have a damage something or my cards going to be damaged? All of that stuff was, was leading up to it. Um, and I'm happy to report everything was pretty much fine. And, uh, yeah, I think the barge, uh, taught us, I guess a little, a little bit of patience 
even though it's still a long wait. So um, I'm I'm very satisfied, and I was <laughs> I'm I'm happy with uh, what I opened and assembled. So. Totally. And I, I echo all of your sentiments. It was just, uh, I was at work. Um, thankfully, my husband was working from home at the time because it did require a signature. I'm like, oh, good. He's going to be there. Um, at the same time, it's like my husband's going to be there when this giant thing arrives. So, um, but thankfully, he brought it in. And when I got home, you know, I come home to this giant box. And um, I think I got it pretty early on. It ships from Southern, or mine shipped from Southern California. And I received it within like a day or so. Uh, for mid actually shipping. So that was really cool. And um, just getting it out of that shipper, you know, there was a little bit of damage. I mean, I, I think we can all agree this isn't quite as well protected overall as the barge was. There's not those styrofoam pieces that the barge had, uh, like on the corners. Um, but uh, it is still, uh, it's still all right, pretty good considering how big it is, considering, you know, the potential for further damage it could have actually had. There was a little bit there, but not, not anything terrible, not anything. Uh, that would have harmed the inside of the box, which I think is, you know, probably going to be the most important thing for most of us. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, let's talk packaging. Let's let's talk about uh, the aesthetic of this. Obviously, this is part of the vintage collection. It shares the aesthetic of this entire line that we've been collecting for all these years, and um, which of course harkens back to the the original um, the, the Kenner stuff from from the good old days. Um, how do we feel that the, they were, how did the aesthetic turn out for the packaging on the Razor Crest? And I'll start with, uh, Tim. Yeah. I don't think you can really complain about the packaging itself. It looks, it looks fantastic. It's obviously got the black and white version of it on the, on the opposite side, which is a, you know, a Kenner trait. Mm -hmm. And, um, can I just say it is obviously also fantastic for me to be actually involved in the whole HasLab thing this time, because with the barge that wasn't open to anyone in the uk and we had to sort of hope and pray that we could get one of the yeah. 400 that was up for on um hasbro's ebay account which they opened specially uh for that barge so to be able to actually order the thing and and go through that whole process was was good to be involved in so but yeah the packaging I, you know no complaints about the packaging it looks fantastic and i you know i'm just so happy that mine arrived you know, maybe with a, a tiny weeny dented corner or something, but you know, my barge unfortunately had a punch right through and punched the box. So um, yeah. for me this time, it was it was a much better experience. Cool, right on, uh, John. Yeah, I definitely agree with Tim there. You know, it's got all the uh, you know the, the pays homage homage to the you know the Kenner style of all, all of the vehicle boxes. Um, I think. One one nitpick um, we've we've commented on. I mean, the toy photography is there; it's great. All the different ways you can interact with it. The one, the one glaring omission was the vintage collection logo and branding. And you know th that's a big deal for some of us because we want anyone else who's collecting this because it's the only Razor Crest they can get to know it's the vintage collection and get into the vintage collection. So that was a big miss. Yeah. Yeah, that was something. Um, and it, it's, it is a little perplexing how that happened. Or, I mean, I guess it was deliberate, right? They got to get the packaging approved. Um, but yeah, Chris, what are your thoughts? Um, of course, I love the packaging. Um, to be honest, my favorite shot is the one on, I guess, what represents the bottom of the package with the, you know, the Jawas pulling it yeah. apart. That's my favorite shot. The only thing, and this, is, this isn't really anything they could do about, is there's only four figures on the front of the box. It would have been great if you know it was really populated with with figures and 
Um, I'm probably going to get John going, maybe a blurg if one existed, but it's really a, a statement to more <laughs> of, you know, the stuff we lack that interacts with it, that we have, you know, basically Mando, Quill, IG-11, and Grogu um, on the box. No, no season one grief, you know, Cara Dune was probably <laughs> stricken from the archives for the photography of, of the box. So it just didn't have the, you know, if you look at the um, anti-Merrick's X-Wing, there's well, there's what, eight figures I'm trying, you know, trying to think of. It, it really sells the world on the package as far as that primary photo. Um, and unfortunately, again, just by nature of what's available, this, you know, the from a figure population standpoint, it's kind of sparse. But otherwise, I love it. And I agree with him. I love the, the line art. I love the line art on the, um, the Army Builder pack. So having that, you know, this true... Kind of representation, you know, simulating the sticker, wraparound sticker and all that stuff is fantastic. Totally. I think the pictures are, you know, one of the strongest suits for this box. It just shows you, you know, the different features and how your different figures and characters can interact with it, um, which is really important for something like this. Uh, you know, obviously, if this were in stores, you'd want to have those pictures on there so that, you know, they'd be selling points. Um, but it is a HasLab. It's not meant to be in stores. It's meant to be a unique, special thing that wouldn't work at retail. Um, hence the price point of, you know, $300 US for this particular HasLab. Um, so let's talk about the actual Razor Crest. So you, we, you open the box, there's this, these big uh, styrofoam pieces that you have to cut around to, to open up the, the tape. And then you get the unassembled crest, you get the two figures that are on cards, Grogu and the Elder Jawa. And then you have um, Mando, who's just in a little plastic bag. And then all the little pieces of the weaponry uh, that go into the locker and all that stuff. Um, how do we feel about assembly? How was the overall assembly of the Razor Crest? And uh, we'll start with um, John. Yeah, uh, we had a, a lot of fun with it. My uh, my eight-year-old, she's really into Star Wars, was really excited when we got the barge a couple of years ago. So I, I made it a point to, to have her participate and, and get out on the phone. I had to slow her down a couple times because uh, I, was, I was worried something could snap or break, but um, we had a, a good time putting it all together. Um, you know, everything seemed to uh, fit in pretty easily. Um, and, you know, from, from the outside assembly and all of that stuff, obviously we'll probably get into uh, the weapons locker there and all, all the fun we had trying to put that together and uh i had eight-year-old little hands helping me and at times they they had an issue um, uh so yeah that was uh, a little bit of torture but you know a little bit of sweat uh, <laughs> went into that but uh other than that you know I, I, like i said everything was um was there for me um i had no qc issues that i could see and yeah it was just a lot of fun to put together with my child nice yeah, that's what it's all about, I think, is, you know, creating those memories, you know, new memories with, with new toys. Um, all right, Tim. Yeah, exactly the same as John. I made sure I got my son involved uh, in the assembly of it. And, you know, he's obviously over the moon with it. He absolutely loves the Mandalorian. So, um, yeah, I was just I'm so glad that I couldn't see any broken parts or anything like that. I don't think I'd actually witnessed any social media posts at that point of any broken parts i think those sort of stories were coming out a bit later but i understand you know where the landing gear goes in specifically people have had an issue with but mine were absolutely fine and i think i started it off with the landing gear in and then i took it out and put it on the stand and then i put it back put the landing gear back in afterwards so that my son could sort of play with it for a bit 
and put the weapons in for me because <laughs> uh, there's absolutely no way I was getting my hands in there to do it. Even even with tweezers, I don't think I would have been able to do it. So um, really pleased with the way it looked. And it was, yeah, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun putting it together. Nice, yeah. Nice. I agree. Um, you know, lots of fun to be had, uh, even even through the little the little aches and pains of doing it. Like just the actual knowing that you have this brand new Star Wars vehicle in the vintage collection that's right before you, and you're getting to work with it is is pretty awesome. Um, and Chris, so I, I was a little nervous doing it. Um, I was nervous during the sale barge putting it together. Uh, I know it's something we're here to talk about, but getting the fabric sales on was making me a nervous wreck. And <laughs> I felt the same way. Um, I did see the photos of the kind of the landing gear doors snapping and breaking. So I was very nervous putting the landing gear in. And in fact, mine, um, I had a look at the box because mine wanted to slide over the top of the door, which I didn't feel right. So I looked at the box and the, and the top of the landing gear is supposed to slide under the under the door. So I had to like pry it up and I was very nervous doing that. I didn't know if it would snap it off or anything like that. But I was all for not because, um, you know, obviously it went together fine. Otherwise, I would have been complaining. I wouldn't have given it a nine if, if I broke something um, earlier. But, you know, in the, the, you know, the elephant in the room is that weapons locker. Uh, uh, I don't have kids, so I, ha- I didn't have the luxury of having, you know, younger hands put together. I had to take a pair. Of, I, as Tim said, with tweezers, I still couldn't get my hand close enough to the back of a of the uh, of the crest because my my hand would stop. it. So I had to get some needle nose pliers and hold the weapon and then come in kind of through the the side door, you know, with my left hand, bringing it in with Neil's pliers and coming through the side door and get my finger to push it onto the, mm-hmm. to the peg. So that was a interesting process. I'm happy it's done, but unfortunately <laughs> that's it. <laughs> they will never right. be touched again. True. Well, you know, you could have gotten your dog, asked him for help. <laughs> he, he would have eaten them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same here. Um, it, yeah. The, the weapons locker. I think that's the, the consensus around the community is that that is a little pain in the neck. Um, me too. I had to use needle nose pliers. I was able to get like, like kind of in there, but then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to strain my wrists and I'm not going to be happy. So, um, I think what it would have been cool if there was like, maybe the locker came out or there was a panel behind the locker or something where you could just like twist it around and do that and put them in. But you know, it's cool. They're in there now. And, and similarly, they're not coming back out. They're staying there until forever. Like I'm, they're never coming out. Um, but yes, I think the rest of the assembly was pretty smooth. Um, I didn't notice initially that I had put the front landing gear in backwards. Like somebody commented in my video and they're like, Hey, you know, your landing gear in the front's backwards. I'm like, Oh, cool. <laughs> well, I'll fix that. Uh, and I still haven't fixed <laughs> it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's still, uh, it's still backwards, but the rest of the assembly wasn't too bad. Um, putting the, the, the engines in putting, and I didn't put one of the engines in completely. I left one of them kind of off so that it could fit on my shelf afterwards and then I pulled it off completely um and I think I've seen a couple other people doing that too with their displays I think um Steve uh, from Hasbro was one of those that didn't display it without one of the engines um and then of course you have this base that you can optionally display it on as well and some people are using the base some aren't if you want to have all your figures around it you're not, probably not going to use the base if you're going to do something like nice I see what uh, John has right there. He has it on the base. It looks pretty magnificent like that. Um, so my next question is base or no base? How are we displaying it? And we may as well start with John. We, we have his answer, at least temporarily right here from what we can see. Yeah. So um, um, 
I have it on the base right now because I'm just afraid to put the landing gear on right now and then take them off <laughs> to put it back on its base. So for now, that's how it is for me. And it's probably going to go on one of my detoffs like that. Um, I think that's probably the, the safest way to put it on a detoff. I could be wrong, but I'm keeping it like this for now. It looks great. And when I get bored of it, we'll put the feet in. Nice. It looks great like that. It really does. It's just so dynamic. It's like, all right. Um, Chris. So right now uh, the same, I have it on the stand, uh, but that's because as some of you know, I'm currently building out my new star Wars room. So it's in my office just on a, uh, kind of a set of drawers that has, a, you know, the basically gives you a small footprint so you can install this large ship in a small footprint, you know, and it overhangs uh, the, the set of drawers. So that's where I have it now. But once I get my, my Star Wars room built out, I'm having hopefully having some custom cabinetry made. Uh, and when I do that, it will be on the landing gear and I'll set up, I'll have the side panel off and try to set up as many scenes as possible. It's kind of what I do with, you know, with um, all, all the ships I try to, I try to recreate as, you know, for, for ships that transition from, you know, the barge was one scene essentially. Uh, but like with the BMF, um, I try to, you know, I'll set up scenes from Hoth with it. I'll have the scanning crew at the, at the, um, the ramp going in uh, and things like that. So I try to recreate as much as possible. And I'll do the same with the crest. Once I have my star Wars room up and running, hopefully, you know, before the end of the year. Nice. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure to be able to start from scratch and just build out your collection displays. Yeah. Nice. And uh, Tim? Uh, well, don't bite your nails too much, but mine is currently on my, my son's bedroom floor um, <laughs> because it's his. He, he, he was given mine. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did buy two. I was always going to buy two, one for myself and one for him. Um, uh, and mine, like Chris, will not be assembled until... I get my larger Star Wars room. So I do have a Star Wars, Star Wars room at the moment, but it's not, it's full now. So um, I'm in the process of creating another Star Wars room, slightly bigger. And once that's finished, then I'll be unpacking it. And I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably put it on the on the landing gear and create a little scene or whatever. Because I like all the, I like to sort of use all the other figures if I can, if I possibly can. But it does look great on the stand, I've got to admit, in, in fly mode, you know. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment it gets played with every single day. He's super careful with it because he doesn't mm. want to break it. Uh, and that's, that's, I don't know, I think that's a good thing anyway. It, these things should be played with, even though it is totally. like a collectible. Yeah, yeah for you sure. Know, he absolutely loves it. So. Yeah, no, I think, you know, they did incorporate all those features, right? And it'd be a shame if we never took advantage of, the, of some of them from time to time. And um, so I have mine displayed uh, with the landing gear, the front one backwards again. <laughs> um, but it's on the shelf, and I try to incorporate like all of the man, most of the Mandalorian figures in the vintage collection into the display. So uh, it's behind me up on the shelf. One of the engines off, which you can totally cannot see, um, and it's just like perfect. Like without that engine on, the dimensions of it are just perfect for the shelving that I already had. So it's there uh, on one end. I have. Kind of Mando, like duking it out with some stormtroopers. Then I have Quill and IG-11. Then you move on. You have Grogu and Mando in his um, beginning of season one armor. And then you move on. You have um, Cara Dune and um, Mithral and Grief Karga 
and then you move on. You have Bo-Katan just kind of hanging out in the back until we get her friends, and then I'll probably put them on top of the crest. And then um, after that, we have the ice spiders with um, the uh, uh, snow Mando, we'll, we'll, we'll call him, uh, from Aldo Crease, and then um, Grogu going after the spider. And then I have some Jawas behind that. So I try to kind of do a little bit of everything, given the figures that they've released so far. Um, and I was able to kind of do that. So I may mix it up from time to time. Um, uh, but yeah, it's fine. It definitely just plays well, no matter how you choose to do it, flight mode or have it on its landing gear, you know, you know, with your figures doing stuff around it. It's, 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 it's really dynamic. It really displays well. And, you know, there's just so much potential, um, for, for display. With that flight mode too, the thing I forgot to mention is it's great. That's banked slightly. That's yeah. so huge. It just adds another little wrinkle to the display. Yeah. Where you know it's kind of taking off at an angle. It totally does. I'm glad they Absolutely. did that. Yeah, I'm glad they did that. It could have just been you know flat and level, but you know it it does have a more of a dynamic quality, like for that reason. Um, so let's talk about the figures. So as I noted earlier, you have on a on a card you have Grogu, you have uh, the Jawa Elder, and then you have Mando, who's just in a little plastic baggie. Um, how are we feeling about these figures? How did the condition um, on our cards arrive? And um, how do we like the figures overall? And uh, we'll start with Chris. So mine arrived, I'm looking at them right now. They, they, they arrived, I would, I would say, in gradable condition. Uh, I would say the Grogu came in probably would get close to an 85, if not an 85. And the Jawa might push an 90 if, it, if they were graded. So I'm pretty happy with that. I know a lot of people had a bad experience with that. Um, as far as the figures themselves go, I'm not really compelled to open these, which is kind of a good thing because I don't want to have to open up two crests to get you know my carded set and my uh, my loose set. Um, obviously, they're basically variations of figures we already have. Um, I don't need the back metalized pram, and you know probably one of the reasons why I gave this a nine is because I didn't open this because I know one of the concerns is that there's been reports I'm flaking of that. Um, the the metal finish on on the pram, so I might have given a lower score if I if I open these and and the jaw it's great with the accessories, but obviously I have uh, I'm sure like many of us I bought a case of the off world Jawa, so I don't need the the elder open um, at this time. So they came in great condition. They're neat. I think I think the fact that I'm not compelled to open them is actually a positive. Like I said, because it would it'd be hard to to, to spend another three hundred fifty dollars just to get two mm -hmm. loose figures. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I myself just ordered one crest. Um, and, you know, I had that dilemma, too. It's like, with the yak face last time, you know, we knew who's going to be in the main line without the glass, which, you know, the glass, you know, who's going to spend, you know, $500 just to get the glass? You know, maybe somebody did. I don't know. Um, John. And and the coin. <laughs> and the coin. Get <laughs> the coin. There we go. Now that I recall, yes, yes, yes. Um but yes, yeah, so I, I kind of have that dilemma. It's like this time, you know, it's, it's Grogu whom I have a couple of versions of, you know, three versions of, I think. And then we have the season, the earlier in season one Pram, we have the uh, the other Jawas, you know, not the Elder, but we have the other Jawas. We have the egg, no, not cut in half, but we have the egg. So it's like, what should I do? My husband was like, just open them, you know, you have the whole set. And I'm like, you don't understand if I open up, then, you know, I'm not going to have card examples of them. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep them in the cards. Um, you know, thankfully the cards on mine were not, the Jawa one is excellent. The Grogu has a pretty bad crease at the bottom. And, you know, I know it's kind of hit and miss. It seems like some people are getting good samples and some aren't. Um, but, um, 
yeah, maybe Hasbro will do something about that at some point or has some kind of an exchange option available. Um, Tim? So, uh, yeah, the, the carded figures is one of the reasons why it didn't get a high score for me. And the, the, the biggest reason is because the card stock. I, I really thought the fact that these were going to be unpunched and they're a HasLab product that they would be on the thicker cardstock. And I know maybe they didn't promise the thicker cardstock at the time that this thing was being funded or, you know, who knows when these things were actually produced in the factory. Somebody might be able to tell me with the date stamp, but um, I thought they should have come with the, with the thicker cardstock. And because they didn't come with the thicker cardstock, I would probably say 90% of the people in the UK, certainly I can't vouch for everyone in the, in the US, but the, the ones that we've got in the UK, 90% of the Grogu have a wave to them um, going right down the center. Now, this, I don't think the wave on my one is, is bad enough to actually crease it. And I can, and I've flattened it down with a book and it's now in a star case. Um, Chris mentioned grading. I, I would probably agree that the, the Jawa would get a, a higher grade than the, than the, uh, than the Grogu purely because of that. I think they would pick up on that wave, even though it hasn't made a crease. So that's a bit disappointing for me. I think, you know, a lot of people um, would have bought a Razor Crest because of those two carded figures. So I think that's a bit, a bit of a disappointment, really. Very happy that the Mando wasn't carded because, of course, he's got the soft goods cape and you need that figure. You can't get him anywhere else. So, um, yeah. That was a bit of this. Yeah, just the thicker cardstock for me. Should they should have been thicker, for for a for a product that costs that much money. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. You know, we've been hearing about this this thicker cardstock for a long time, and you know they managed to do it for Anton Anton Merrick in the X Wing set. Ooh. It's like why couldn't they do that here for for these two? I mean, it just it just it's a little odd. Um, and yeah, I think that that is probably part of the reason that some people are receiving, you know, that wave on Grogu or, you know, creased figures. Uh, and John? Yeah, very similar experience. Uh, the Jawa Elder was like dead mint. Um, the Grogu was, was wavy. Uh, you know, and I'm opening up with my with my daughter. She was like reaching for them. And I was like, wait, wait, let me let me pull those out, honey. Um, and yeah, you know, I. I hate I hate to be like this, but you know you got to bring it under the light, see what's see what shape it's in, and I can see just like the slightest of veining, which really really wasn't a, a huge deal because it was so slight, but you know it's there, and it it just it gets the best of you. And I'll tell you what, when I open my second one, Victoria, I, I hope the Grogu is in really good condition because I'll I'll trade you for your Grogu if you don't do whatever exchange program they allow. And um, I look forward to opening up a pair because I need them for the cabinet. So, Yeah, that's a good it. point. That's a good point there. Thank you, John. That's really sweet of you. I'll have to take you up on that if uh, if necessary. You got it. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so let's talk about QC. QC is uh, something that, you know, several people have run into issues. I think all of us maybe have had at least something to some extent or another, whether it's the condition of the carded figures or, or something else. Um, so uh, let's start out with uh, Tim. Um, well, luckily for mine, there's no Q 
you see issues in yeah i've got no broken hinges or anything i've seen a few people that have got broken hinges or they've broken the hinge on the landing gear themselves because they i think as chris mentioned you know the the where it, where it flaps down one of the landing gears got this bit of plastic that looks like it could either go on top or underneath and i think if you got it the wrong way and, and forced it it would it would snap that thing so um, I've heard some people have had a few paint issues and things like that. I, you know, I, I gave mine a good look around and it, it looked okay for me. Um, one thing about it, and it, this isn't a QC issue, really, it's more of a design issue, really. And again, one of the reasons why um, it doesn't get such a big score is, is um, there's so many lovely details inside the crest, like with the toilet and the, the little cupboard and everything. The refresher. And it's so hard. It's so hard to get, you know, even for my son who's eight, it's very hard for him to even sort of enjoy that and play with that because, you know, it's stuck around the corner and there's that, you know, with the barge, the whole thing front opens pretty much, doesn't it? Okay, at the back in the in the little prison bit, it might be a bit dark and fiddly to get in there, but you can pretty much see and, and do everything you need to do with that. So that was just a, a slight disappointment for me, but... No, in terms of QC, um, I, I was lucky apart from apart from the cards. Nice. Well, that is, that's good to hear for sure. And I, I echo your sentiments there regarding uh, the playability and you know some the access to some of those things. All right, Chris. So uh, as with Tim, I, I dodged uh, any of the major issues with that. The one, and I know I've talked to you guys about this privately, uh, kind of speaking to the insanity of being a collector, is that the 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 top piece that holds the escape pod in place that was stuck on mine i'm never ever going to use that ever for the life of the razor crest but i still needed to know that it worked i like, couldn't i couldn't rest so i had to like carefully it was it was it was stressing the plastic a little bit i had to carefully work it free and i think it was uh, some paint actually had it stuck so so i worked it free now i know it works and i can put it back on and never touch it again for the rest, mm-hmm. rest of my life, I just I just had to know that that feature worked, uh, and, you know, and, and to once see the you know the whole the whole escape pod, but otherwise than that, I I you know dodged any QC bullets on it. Uh, everything everything worked. Uh, even the you know I heard some people saying that some of the panels don't fit flush. All my panels fit flush. They stay in place. The uh, the door for the land the front landing gear stays closed. I know some people have said it you know slides open too easily. None of those issues for me, which, again, is probably why I'm a little bit happier than, say, uh, Brett, my partner on Bantha Skull, who had to review it, um, and he had some troubles uh, with, with, with his sample, and he gave it an 8. Right on, right on. Uh, John? Yeah, I was uh, the same. Uh, no QC issues. Um, I did, uh, if I could go back really quick to what Chris said about the world building and wishing we had a blurg, I... I bought a custom blurg that was almost half the cost of this ship, and I, you know, I bought it with the sled um, as well. That that added to the cost, but I wanted to reenact a little scene there and, and take off all the panels of the crest and put them in the sled and have, you know, have them all dragging it back to the Razor Crest. And I was really worried to put all the panels back on. And first of all, they're all like shaped a little unique, unique. Um, so you know where each one goes. I was worried, like, oh, my God, I'm, it's going to be like a puzzle to figure out where some of these go, and they all have, like, a specific um, shape to them to go only go back in 
um, each section. So I was worried, you know, putting them back in and snapping them in that something was going to happen. And um, so far, so good. Knock on wood. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. um, I do worry about changing stuff around and putting landing gear in and and something eventually breaking. Right. But, you know, that's that's part of the. Uh, the joys of being a collector so yeah um, yeah pretty lucky yeah totally um no for sure i do worry long term about some of these things like chris was saying the escape pod like that was for me a little bit hard to get apart but similarly i had to know that it works it's like anytime you buy a toy you just want to make sure at least once that every feature on it works properly and that's what i wanted to do and you know i put it back and i'm never gonna either i'm not gonna take that out either it's, it's there for good probably um, as far as QC goes, only other things that I had um, were the side ramp was was not the extendable part of it was not coming out. I had to heat that up. I know Brett had the same issue um, where you know you got to heat it up until it's able to finally loosen up enough. So I don't know if that's paint or what. Um, when I put the ramp back up, that panel doesn't go completely flush anymore like it used to at first. It's it's basically there. You would never really tell unless you're looking for a little detail like that. Um, but it, you know, it, it's not a hundred percent. Um, the, uh, the panels at the bottom for the landing gear and mine did not crack, thankfully. Oh yeah. I see that John has uh, the same exact thing as mine there. Yeah. It's just not a hundred percent, but it's like almost there. Yeah. See, why do you, why do you guys have to point this stuff out? It's like <laughs> going back to the, going back to the quarter circle on the yak face. Like if nobody pointed that out. I might have never known. Darn you, internet. John, I was literally going to bring that up, the quarter circle on the on the act face. It's one of those things. It takes you, you know, a few seconds to find it on the card, hanging at different angles. But once you find it, every time you stare at that card, you lock on it immediately. Yeah. Right. I totally forgot to mention that earlier. It's like, if nobody had mentioned it, I would have never known. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, my panels at the bottom did not have any cracking or anything like that, but they were very hard to to open up to get the landing gear in there. That was that was really tricky. I was really nervous that I was going to break something. Um, there was one little bit of the crest on the bottom where there's a tiny. It seems like it's a flake of paint at the very bottom, but um, hopefully that's not a precursor to you know five ten years down the road with this thing because you know it is it, it it is very detailed and I just I hope that that doesn't become an issue. Um, but very cool. So for our last little round here, let's talk about um, final thoughts, anything we want to note about the Razor Crest, whatever it may be. Um, so we'll go back to the top. Uh, we'll start with John. Oh, um, yeah, you know, I just, uh, it's been a lot of fun being able to, again, just enjoy it um, with my daughter. Um, you know, the, the playability with it, whether it's on a stand or, you know, eventually I'm going to also put it on its landing gear. But they, they definitely, I think, thought of uh, different ways to uh, for you to be able to interact with it and, uh, you know, hopefully never get bored with it. And um, I think it's just really cool that, you know, I, I don't know if there's any other Razor Crest ships out there um, unless you're, you're printing it out yourself. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I just love the, that aspect of it. And, again, you know, taking the panels off or opening the top and oh the we didn't talk about the uh the carbonite blocks i mean that's a whole uh really cool feature man just the way they slide in and out yeah. um and you know you can actually stick one into the the carbonite chamber the you know the freezing chamber itself so a lot of that is just some really cool ideas they integrated into this to to really just 
make it fun to interact with it. So that's, I think, what I like the most. Nice. I'm glad you brought those up because I love those carbonite blocks. Just the whole conveyor like system that they're on, like, it's just really cool. I really appreciate that feature. All right, Tim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Final thoughts, really. I think we always knew. Well, I certainly did, just by going by the pictures and the the details about the thing before it came out that it was going to be amazing and i i don't think it's really let anyone down i I don't i haven't heard from anybody that's got one that is disappointed with it um and yeah it's just a great a great thing to have in the collection as and and as chris said at the beginning bring bring on the next one i'm ready i'm ready for the next one some people don't like the haslab uh model you know i i guess i don't paying all that money and them having my money for so long but at the end of the day the reward at the end of it is 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 worth it i guess um and yeah i just can't wait to see what else they can give me for my collection because it is an outstanding piece to have in your collection totally well said uh and chris final thoughts so you know when thinking about you know my favorite vehicles in the line um you know the 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 Big Millennium Falcon is my favorite. It probably will be for a while. Second is the Barge. And to me, the Razor Crest is my, now my third favorite, but it kind of combines my favorite parts of the Big Millennium Falcon and the Barge. The Barge, you know, aspect is just something big that you didn't think we would get otherwise. And the Millennium Falcon had all those little play feet. There's so much you could do with it. And that's the same with the Razor Crest. There's so many little things you can do. It has, it's a fun, you know, I love the barge, but would I say it's a fun thing? Not really. It's a display piece. Uh, the, the, the Crest has some fun packed into it. So I, I, yeah. I love it. So it's, you know, my third favorite vehicle on the line. Uh, and to just go back to keep talking about HasLab, um, to Tim's point that some people don't like it, but it's just something that we as fans essentially get to create out of the ether. These wouldn't exist. So I'm always excited for them, you know, for the next one, it's going to be something that would, never see the light of day unless we fund it first so you know it's gonna be something special totally yeah and i think you know it's all about that balance right current media with the stuff that we've been wanting for a long time and uh, it'll be exciting to see what the next one is and um, my final thoughts are you know it's a really cool piece it's a really impressive uh item it's got the displayability of it and the options um are great Uh, it is pretty like you were saying chris there's a lot of playability here that the barge didn't necessarily have you know like uh, john was saying you have the carbonite blocks you have the weapons locker you have uh, the other panels that are inside like the little place where grogu sleeps you have the the little refresher area you got the cockpit with you can remove the 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 hatch and then put your figures in there and uh, you got the back ramp as well you got the side ramp you got all the other panels if you want to reenact arvilla 7 with the jawas so plenty of options it's it's a great thing and uh i love it I'm really happy with it, even if it's not perfect, even if there were a couple concerns with it. I mean, it's just it's pretty darn awesome. And it's just one of those things. It's, it's a centerpiece for the collection. And it's it's hard to imagine not having it. So I, I love it. And I can't wait for the next one either. Yeah, right on. And, and you know, it's, a, it's an all new vehicle, too. I think that's what's exciting about it, right? It's an all new vehicle. And hopefully, Pelly Moto there finds him another one. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting in that sense, right? That we got, um, we want more vehicles and creatures and of those sorts. And it's exciting to get one that's a completely new vehicle in itself. So totally. 
And it's it's collector grade too. That's the other thing. You know, people wanted said so this should have been in stores. If it was in stores, it would have been closer to the Sith Infiltrator that we got, which was just a such a tiny fraction of what the ship should have been. I don't want that. I want this Razor Crest that we got. For sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, it's been a great chat. Uh, thanks for coming on and talking about the Razor Crest. All right, behold the Razor Crest. It's an awesome piece. And uh, we're all happy to have it. And um, so, uh, John, where can our listeners go to look you up on the interwebs? Yeah, they can go to uh, the Facebook group I administer. It's called Star Wars The Vintage Collection. Very, very creative name there. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at the far side of Endor. Awesome. And I can't say it's any uh, more or less creative than the Vintage Collection podcast. So all good. (laughs) All good. And uh, Tim, where can our listeners go to look you up? Um, anything that's just Bosk's bounty, really. <laughs> I managed to snag them all. So Twitter, um, Instagram, YouTube, website. There you go, Bosk's bounty. Right on. And uh, Chris? So the, the best place is just to go to banthaskull.com uh, to find us. But uh, if you want interactivity, want to interact with us, uh, the best place for that is on Twitter where we're at banthaskull.com. Uh, we didn't get Banthaskull, so it's Banthaskull.com. Nice. Well, we will have links in the show notes, and uh, I'm sure that anybody listening to the show is all, already very well aware in, of where you guys are online, but we'll have those links in there anyway. Thanks again to the three of you for coming on. Uh, John, it's been a blast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, Tim, thank you so much for coming on as well. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks, guys. And thank you, Chris, for coming on as well. Thank you as always. All right. We'll catch you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Vintage Collection podcast. For the latest developments, be sure to visit BanthaSkull.com and follow our contributors via the links in our show notes. You can follow Victoria's Cantina on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For more Star Wars toy collecting content, subscribe to the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel and listen to the Cantina Chatter podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can spare a moment or two, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word about the show. No matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in to the Vintage Collection podcast. Collect them all, and may the forest be with you.